All right, Bernie, we are live <laughs> with our very first official episode of Borderline. Thanks so much for joining us with Bernie Neighbors. I'm Jeff McCarriger. Um, had our pilot episode last week with Stacy. Great to have Stacy on. You guys told some funny stories about uh, playing basketball together. You guys are pretty good. Yeah, but, uh, you know. but today, today the very first episode, and what a way to kick it off. Wow. Then with a huge guest, we'll tell you more about him in a minute. Uh, you nervous at all? Is ner nervous the right word? I would say that I'm uh, ready to get it rolling. I'm anxious in a good way. It's funny because I remember the first time that we were on CBS, like 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 big CBS, main CBS, not CBS right. Sports Network. Right. Um, Trey, Trey, Trey always likes, likes to ask me this. So he turns to me while we're up on stage, you know, ready to do our open, you know, our, our, yeah. our 60 minutes or 60 seconds of, of fame. Yeah. And he said, he says to me, he's like, are you nervous? Are you nervous? Oh my God. And I, and I'm, I'm like, he always likes to ask me that. Are, are you nervous? And I said, well, uh, I guess not that, not that you brought it up. Yeah. I guess I'm a little bit nervous. He, you know, being on, on main CBS. I don't know how you guys do that. I mean, if you think about it, I, you know, I'm there, I'm emceeing, you guys are doing your thing on the court, right? You're, you're putting your intro in and you may mess off what once in a blue moon, you know, so you're retaping. Uh, you're, you're uh, I mean, no, I mean, I think most of the time when there's a mistake, it's in the truck, right? I mean, if yeah, there's that, a mistake that, at all, I mean, you guys are yeah. one, one take monsters. And I, I that, that freaks me out. Cause I don't think I could do that. I think I would be stumbling so bad. I, I it, it, it's awesome to watch. It really. Well, is. the big the big thing is just trying to maintain your level of concentration right. when we actually have you know crowds, and you do a great job uh, behind the scenes, you know, of getting everybody on their feet and get everybody screaming and yelling. And so we got to try and keep our concentration, stay focused, and be able to you know speak clearly when you got everyone yelling behind That's us. What I so, mean. But 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 it but it it also makes it a little bit easier to be honest with you. It it kind of takes some of the pressure off. I think some of the hardest ones just, I mean if when it's quiet and, and you know what maybe no one even cares about this, but I, I think some of the most difficult ones, you know, pulling back the curtain a little bit, are the ones where there's nobody there. Like I remember yeah. in Iowa. Oh yeah. I mean there there wasn't a whole lot of people there. Yeah. And you know and and, and the people who are there it's almost like giving a speech to a class in high school. It's really awkward. I get that. That actually makes sense. Because when everyone's screaming yeah. and yelling, it's as if they're not even really paying attention. So you can kind of do what you want to do yeah. when you're not, and you're not really thinking about it. But yeah, if everyone's quiet, just staring at you. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why uh, another small hint to who our guest may be, how folks that act on stage, how they're able to pull that off. Yeah, I mean, like that, that to me is like I I would freak out. I'd be frozen. I know I would. I would absolutely freeze. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that'd be that'd be good to talk about. So speaking of which, so our first guest today, and Bernie, man, we are so excited to have this guy on. And this and this is really why we're doing the show, right? I mean, we wanted to have. Obviously, we're going to have the top players on, and we're going to talk about their stories. And last week on our on our pilot episode, we talked about some of the, you know, great stories that we, that we want to hear more of. You know, from from Eric Anderson and from. Uh, Jay Rubin. I mean, you know, there's so many great stories, personal stories and, and uh, you know, just just really personal. I don't want to really say necessarily tragedies, but challenges that a lot of these sure. players have had to have had had to overcome. Sure. But then the other side of the show was to also uh, I mean, the sport's really taken off, as everyone knows. And and it's really gotten, I think, maybe even to a little bit larger level than maybe I knew um, or yeah. that or that like, a you know, Marty and McGee with ESPN knew. 
Um, right. and, and maybe even to a larger level than, than obviously, you know, the normal people, you know, who just kind of tune every once in a while know. And, and the players even know. For example, today's guest is David Lim. I mean, David's a, David, David's a, uh, a, a TV and film actor. He's a model. He, uh, he, he most recently has done some big time TV work. He was in a movie um, called The Fifth Passenger back in 2017. But then uh, he played Sebastian Chen on the ABC series Quantico. But most recently, now for, I think, four, and I think into, the, into his fifth season now, uh, David has played Victor Tan in SWAT, which has been a huge series on CBS, yep. alongside Shamar Moore. And, uh, I mean, so, I mean, a big-time actor, and these guys love cornhole. I mean, how do you not love the game? And I guess that's another yeah. reason why we're doing this is there's so, you know, obviously everyone's beginning to love the game, pick up the game. I think one of the great reasons why is, you know, we've talked about it ad nauseum. You don't have to be LeBron James to be a really great cornhole player, right? right. You don't have to have superhuman physical gifts to really love and play the game well. So I think that's, that's why so many people are kind of picking it up. And it's, you know, look, people in Hollywood, they're human beings, man. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't they love it? You know, that's that's what's so funny. It's like, oh, can you believe they're really into the sport? And it's like, why wouldn't they be? <laughs> yes. But, that, but but we all kind of think that still, though. Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, well, you know, Jeff, still that... Jeff, they actually think that about you, too. I mean, you know, you're kind of the face and the voice of Cornhole. You know, people think that about you, too. It's like, man. I got to meet Jeff McCarriger today. Can you believe that? Uh, no, no. <laughs> like, like we joked about last week, I need a t-shirt that says I'm with Trey Ratter. <laughs> like, like at that Iowa game, when I went back home for the Iowa Penn state game, if, if I, if my t-shirt had said I'm with Trey Ratter, I would have oh. been stopped by everybody. There've been pictures all over the place. You Absolutely. Know I was like, yeah, I have personal conversations with Trey Ryder. It's kind of cool. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, so so thanks for tuning in this week. We are super excited to be joined by uh, David. We'll hear from him here in a few minutes. But uh, we thought we would just hear in our, our first official episode, just kind of recap for those who, who did not uh, get a chance to watch our pilot episode of what the show is going to be about. And again, we're going to have some of the top players on. We're going to try and uh, our hardest to get some some of these athletes and celebrities like David on and, and like Shamar, who have really, I mean, ta- you know, really taken to the game. And uh, and hear from them their stories about about the sport and what it means to them. But but you know we're also going to really dive in, and, and David's going to kind of open up to us as well about his life and and, and kind of dive in more on some of the challenges he faces and dealing with, um, you know, not so much dealing with failure, but sometimes dealing with success can be really difficult and really stressful for people. So I mean we're really going to try and dig in and get honest. And and it's funny because you and I were joking before we came on, and I asked you, you know, um, are you nervous? And I think I think that's probably the only thing I'm nervous about is you know, like I said to you before before we started, I'm like, you know, how 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 honest do we really yeah. want to get here? Yeah, like I I've got some stories about myself. Do I really yeah. want people? Because the thing is, once it's out there, you can't take it back, especially with the way the internet works, right? I mean, once we yeah. put all of this out there, we can't take it back. So, right? Are we willing to let people that far behind the curtain? Yeah, we'll see, you know, exactly, yeah. I was thinking when I was, uh, I try to exercise every once in a while. What? So I was, I was walking the other day <laughs> and, uh, you're right. I know it's hard to believe, right? Yeah, I know. I get it. I get it. Um, but yeah, so I do try to exercise a little bit. So I was walking, not running of course, but I was walking and, uh, and I was thinking to myself about, about Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart's like one of my favorite comedians. Absolutely. And, uh, it was one of, it was one of his first big ones, like laugh at my pain or something like that, where 
he was uh, he was telling a story. Now I think his story is a little bit different, but he was talking to, talking about being with a uh, with a girl, and she was getting like maybe a little bit uh, too aggressive, and so he wanted <laughs> yeah. to have a safe word, and so he came up he came up with he, he's like okay he's he's like you need to baby step me into your world of nastiness. I think is what he said. It was, it was super hilarious. He said, but I'm only going to do this if we have a safe word. So they came up with a safe word of pineapples. Ah. So any anytime she got a little too aggressive, a little too freaky, whatever, he'd yell pineapples. And of course, the way he tells the story is absolutely hilarious. So I started thinking to myself, because I know you, I know you, and I know you like to dig a little bit. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, maybe we need to have a safe word. Yeah. Yeah. Once 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 we start going and I start talking about yeah, it might be it we we do. As a matter of fact, we absolutely do. We should come up and come up with it right now. Safe word. What what is it? I don't know. Now I can think of his pineapple. Hawkeye. I don't know. Maybe we'll. Yeah. Hawkeye. That might work. You know, that's a little off. That's you. Look, there's the hat right behind you, right over your, right next to your right shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to rep, I'm trying to rep all three states. I got South Carolina over here, state of South Carolina, not, not, not Gamecocks. And then uh, Iowa. That's my new Iowa hat. A lot of good it did me. And then, uh, and then, yeah, I got a little in the background, a little Kansas Jayhawk action. By the way, pretty good fight that Jayhawks put up last weekend. I know. How about that? Uh, if if the referees probably should have called that guy down before the, the quarterback took it from his hands. I mean, normally they don't allow that. That was kind of an iffy play. But, you know, what was that? A 30, they were 38 and a half, 35 and a half point favorites. And I mean, wow, that would have been that would have actually been a really fun game to be at. If you're a Kansas Jayhawk football fan, all 10 of them that are out yeah. there, they must have loved it. I hate to admit this. Um, I watched maybe forty-five seconds of it. Wow! I, I just, I mean, when you're when you're a kid, wow. when, you go, when you go to Kansas, though, Bernie. I mean, wow. it's like, I mean, to be I honest, get it. This, this is like this is like a great weekend uh, to do to other spend, stuff to spend with the family. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is and and my family's going to listen to this. This is no dig on my family because because <laughs> we were going to spend family time together anyway. But of all the weekends, the NFL games were crappy. Right. I mean, all but like two were decided by about 20 points or more, it seemed like. Some iffy um, college I, games. Yeah. Yeah. I was off this weekend. My Cowboys were off this weekend. And uh, really, I mean, really that Kansas sounds like that Kansas and Oklahoma game was one of the was one of the best ones. But but so we were we were walking around. We we're actually up in Myrtle Beach and we were walking around and my phone is blowing up. I mean, absolutely blowing up. And I finally looked down and everyone's talking about the Kansas game. So we finally I, popped into to uh, to a place and, and I watched it for about a minute and I'm like. There's no way that's going to happen. I, I got to tell you, as a North Carolina guy, a lot of friends that went to the University of North Carolina, a vast majority of them are not football fans. You know, they live and die with the basketball program, but they don't really understand. Oh, yeah, they play football, too. And I would imagine Kansas is very, very similar. Kentucky's kind of the same. Indiana's kind of the same. You know, the traditional basketball powers. Yes, they play these other sports, but it kind of takes unbelievable winning seasons for everyone to jump on board. Right. Yeah. And so I, I get it. I mean, you especially after who they've been the last couple of years, why would you tune in when they play Oklahoma just to see them normally yeah. get beat to death? But yeah, it's just not good. It's not good. Back when I was in <laughs> school, we had like a good season, but I don't want, I don't want to bore people with Kansas stories, but that's right. I mean, it was known as a basketball school still is football is terrible, but you and I have talked about this off, off the show that, you know, the days of just being a basketball school are over. Can't you know, do it. I mean, North Carolina is competitive. D Duke is competitive. Michigan State is is really good at both. Michigan is good at both. Um, you know, Ohio West State, Coast. Florida, Florida actually yeah. pulled the double back in two thousand seven, right. which I don't know if anyone will ever do again. 
I, yeah. I mean, financially, it's not feasible to run a full athletic department at a power five conference and not be good at football. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. You know, I just realized What's that? I have a pen in my hand. Like I'm so used to like broadcasting and taking notes. I'm like, what? what I don't even need a pen. Like all we're doing Bernie, is talking. Bernie looks flush today. Am I, am I planning on taking notes? No, not really. So, well, again, uh, we're going to be joined with, uh, with our, our first, our first official guest here soon, David Lim. We're so excited to have him on and, and again, hope you guys uh, enjoy the show and hope everyone can get something from the show, Bernie. I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and again, just trying to do something just a little bit different than, than, uh, what we've seen and, and, uh, you know, maybe not quite so much X's and O's and more about some of these guys and girls behind the scenes. Sure. And I think people need that. I mean, yeah. on our own, on our platforms that we have with the ACL, we have plenty of people that are going to give you the nuts and bolts that are going to give you, you know, the winners, the losers, what their PPRs were, you know, that sort of thing. We've got plenty of people that handle that. You know, I don't think that's necessarily our job going forward with this program. And I'm looking forward to that. I think people yeah. are interested in seeing what's behind the curtain. No, oh, yeah, I, me too. And now we will geek out at times on cornhole. Sure. Like, like I can't wait to have Anthony Ione on at some point. Oh that my stuff God, he's right? doing on Facebook with the cornhole science. I'm telling you, oh, that yeah. shit is it is really good. I, I, <laughs> he's he's awesome. doing a really good job. It, it's awesome. I mean, I've tried to talk to him about like you know, all right, how'd you get into you know, like you do everyone else, right? Like, hey man, when did you finally get into it? What you know? And then it's it's obvious once you talk to the guy for five minutes, that's just his personality. Yeah, he's probably that way totally. about everything that he's involved with. We just happen to see it in the cornhole world, right? Yeah, I, I mean that, that stuff. Like, I'm hoping that on the broadcast, we can that might be the next level that we get to, to where it's almost like saber metrics of cornhole, to where we're talking it's about coming. spin rate and speed, trajectory, height, distance. Absolutely. Like, I, I love, I love that stuff. Yeah. What? So, yeah. The parabola angles. Like, what are they going to be? Like, you know, what? How do you slow a bag down besides just the speed that it gets to the board? I'm yeah. with you, man. I mean, that, that stuff's there. And Anthony can probably answer every one of those questions in under 30 seconds. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Which is what's crazy. All right, we've got, we've got David now in the green room. So we, it's a big time show. <laughs> so I, I can see he's, he's joined us and he's back in the green room. So again, David Lemmy is a uh, film and TV actor. Uh, most of you will know his work, uh, his most recent work uh, with uh, on SWAT, a CBS series. Uh, I think he's into his fourth or fifth season now. So he's been he's been a main character alongside Shamar Moore, who's a really good friend of his. So uh, we are so happy and, and pleased and excited to be joined by David Lim. David, thanks for coming on. Hey, thank you guys for having me. It's an honor to kick this thing off with you guys. Uh, um, um, this is awesome. So this is this is official. This is cool. This is it. Yeah, uh, this is this is. You and I, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say you. Yeah, you and you and I had a chance to to talk earlier, and and uh, you are a perfect uh, way to start the show because Bernie and I were talking about it. You know, I, I'm not sure that a lot of people, obviously, who are going to be tuning in, realize how big cornhole has been. Obviously, a lot of people have watched it on TV, but I'm not sure they realize the reach that it's gotten to, and and it's it's gone into the professional sports world with the athletes, and now into Hollywood and with and with with celebrities like yourself. So I mean, it's really exciting how the how the sport has grown. It, it's huge. Um, it, it's it, it's exploded, uh, like you said it was in all of our living rooms and, you know, the all throughout the pandemic. I'm a huge sports fan. Uh, as you mentioned, Shamar and I are, are great friends where we love, we went to the uh, opening night the other night at Staples center to watch what? our Warriors. We're both, both big <laughs> Warriors fans. 
Uh, watched them play, watched them beat up on the Lakers. Uh, it, it was a, it was an awesome night. Staples Center was packed. Uh, kind of like, wow, life is getting back to normal. But for a long time, life wasn't normal. And when you turned on the TV, there weren't any live sports to kind of get get lost in. And it, but it was a lot of cornhole, and that's kind of how we fell in love with the game. It was on all the time. Uh, one of our uh, our SWAT tech advisor on our show, uh, Odie Gallup, he's former uh, Navy, former SWAT. Uh, he's the guy who he's the real deal. We're we're fake SWAT, he's real SWAT, and he and he keeps us tight. He he you know shows us you know how to move. Uh, part of the reason why I believe that that we're very authentic uh, looking on the show. And he suggested to Shamar. He said, "Hey, why don't you get a couple." cornhole boards for your backyard because we were hanging out at his house uh, every weekend during the pandemic. That's all we could really do. He, he's got a big backyard. Uh, so Shamar orders a, a couple cornhole boards. We used to play basketball. We used to swim. We used to play pool, play ping pong, do a little putt putt in his backyard. Once he got those cornhole boards, it everything changed. And, and uh, every <laughs> Sunday, because that's what that was our day off to kind of hang out, relax and unwind. And every Sunday we would be on those cornhole boards, throwing those, throwing those Dick Sporting Goods specials, uh, those <laughs> bags that, that got your shoes all dusty. You know, I, we always made it a point: don't wear your nice sneakers to Shamar's on Sunday, because they're going to end up looking like like you know you walk through a, a pile of chalk. So that's how that's how it all got started. I got I got a question. Well, first a comment: since you're a Warriors fan, I just want you to know. Steph Curry from Charlotte, which I am. I That's actually right. played in the same high school league that he did. I have also no made a three in the gym that he grew up playing in in high school, decades apart, mind you. But you got some game. You got some game then. A very, very little game, David. But uh, <laughs> you, back in the day, I'm sure you had some game. A little yeah. bit, a little bit. But I know that you went to one of the great football factories in the state of California, in De La Salle. That's right. And would you say that if you went back with some of the guys that you played sports with, girls, whomever, you could put together a cornhole squad right now? There's another guy, girl that you went to high school with that you could say, you know what, if I grab that person, I know they'd be a good cornhole player. In two seconds, because it's a game that once you start playing it, uh, especially if I think if you've played sports before, so you got that competitiveness uh, inside you that, that we all uh, grew up with. Um, you get them on a set of boards. I think I lost. Uh, do I see you guys there still? Yeah, yeah, we got you. Oh, oh I see, I see, I see. This is this is this is all new. I'm used to getting on the Zoom calls. It's all fancy. Um, oh yeah, no, this is yeah. We we got yeah. We can like ISO on you, and we can do we can do oh, this. That's, I, I like I like can, the, the free stuff. That's, that's cool. Yeah, I'm trying that. to I'm trying to produce and talk at the same time. So who knows how this is going? No I got I got weirded out. It was just me on the screen. <laughs> Does that make you nervous? We were, we were joking about this. Does that super zoom make you nervous? Yeah, maybe a little bit because it's just you. It's just you in there. You know, it's it's like if you guys are there, then I got I can play off yeah. you guys. Um, but yeah, I there it, we go. I think you grab anybody, and if and if you get them, that's a great thing about the game, as you guys say, is anybody can play, right? And you get anybody on these boards, and it's always fun, no matter what your skill level. If you're a, a, brand new to it or if you're kind of intermediate uh like we are you know we're some of us are decent some of us are, are not bad for for back as far as backyard players go sure. uh it, all the way up into the pro level it's just a fun good 
Um, and I'm waiting to see. I was like, I was talking to Shamar the other day. I was like, they're going to have like college cornhole teams and high school cornhole teams in, in just a, a matter of years, probably. I, I really think in the next few years that anybody with a backyard, any family with a backyard, anybody who has enough space will, will have a set of cornhole boards because why, why wouldn't you? You know, it's great for entertaining. It's just, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, it's true. It, it, you know what I think is really funny too. And and again, when you and I were talking earlier, I mean, you guys, it, it sounds like David, it sounds like you guys are good. Like this isn't just something that you guys just dove into just, you know, on a whim during COVID. Um, it sounds like you guys can actually play a little bit and, and, uh, and you guys are even the Thursday night league locally. Like, what is that like right. for the local people? And all of a sudden, David Lim and Shamar <laughs> Moore walk in on the Thursday night league. You know, we uh, Shamar and I, and Shamar gets recognized a lot more than I do. But you know, we don't we don't look at ourselves like that. Uh, you know, especially when it comes to cornhole, because cornhole humbles you you real fast, if, <laughs> especially when you're starting out. Um, yeah, we got, we got pretty good over the pandemic. Cause like I said, for about a year, that's, that's all we did. And that's what we would look forward to. It kind of really got us through, uh, the pandemic because all we were doing was shooting 10, 12 hours a day and coming home and, uh, our, our production didn't want us hanging out, didn't want us going out, wow. uh, you know, didn't want us gathering. And the only thing we really could do is, is kind of get together in Shamar's backyard because he's got a spacious uh, a place and we'd hang out outside and, and play cornhole. And we felt that that was fine. Again, this is during the height of the pandemic. So everyone was very, you know, uh, weary of, of what was going on, especially us because we had to be on, on television and we were, you know, really trying to push through a pandemic to make uh, our fourth season as well. Um, so we got pretty good and we would hold tournaments every Sunday. Uh, it's what we look forward to every week. I'd always go up to Shamar and say, Hey, Hey, Sham, that's what I call him. Sham, Sham, we, uh, we playing cornhole this weekend or what's, uh, what's going on. Um, and we would start. So, so we'd have these tournaments and, and one Sunday I said, you guys, we got to stop playing for bragging rights. We got to stop playing for smack talk for you know, money. I got this championship ring made. And I, I, I brought it over. I got it made on like Etsy. It was like custom. It's a like cornhole nice. thing. I bring it over and all of a sudden everything changed. It got real serious. Nobody was friends anymore because everybody just wanted <laughs> to win this thing. And that's why I say that when that competitive nature comes out, that's what's great about cornhole because it's fun, but it's also very competitive. Um, and and nobody, likes, nobody likes losing in general, but nobody likes losing in cornhole. That's a um, and so we got pretty good over the past, uh, uh, over the year. And, uh, now Shamar's backyard is under construction. He, he tore up his, uh, his turf and he's building, this will probably be the first ever backyard cornhole arena. Wow. It's going to have turf, murals, uh, seating awesome. all around logos on the turf, top of the line equipment, streaming cameras. Hopefully we can get you guys out there when it's all when it's all done. <laughs> we can do some live streaming stuff. Absolutely, um, but it's it's kind of turned into this whole thing. And and since we don't have a place to play now, uh, I, I suggested to him. I was like, you know, we got to get out of the backyard. We've been playing each other. You know, we know each other's games, but let's get out of the backyard and let's go try and and you know play in one of these tournaments. And so we our our uh, studio was in Santa Clarita. It's about thirty minutes north of Los Angeles. 
and uh, there was a couple tournaments going on up there. So after work one day, we just cruised over, and we played in a in a in a blind draw, like a switch holio uh, blind draw, just to get our get our feet wet. Had a blast, had a great time. Uh, our our SWAT tech advisor Odie, who I mentioned earlier, finished in second. So like I said, these guys can these guys on our crew can sling it a little bit. Uh, and and since then we joined the league. So <laughs> finally, sorry, that was a long-winded answer. But finally, get to your second question. We got plenty of time. Plenty of time. <laughs> we show up to this this league on Thursday night, and I was just blown away that walked in the guys from SWAT. But I was blown away at how many boards they had. Like thirty sets of of boards in this huge uh, indoor soccer center. And man, it was a, it was a great time. It, you know, it was fun, competitive, and everybody is good. You know, it's a league. I'm like, these guys <laughs> are good. <laughs> like, you really got to focus when you play. And I can, I, I you know, I've, I've, I kind of picked it up. I, I think the quickest because I was probably the first one who really didn't like losing. And you know, when you get your, <laughs> it takes, it takes getting your butt kicked in cornhole, and then you're like, all right, that's it. I'm, I'm going in my backyard. Yes. I'm, I'm getting some better bags and some better boards and I'm going to sit out there and practice because I don't like getting my, my butt kicked. And so, <laughs> I, so I, and then I was, I was looking at YouTube videos. I was watching the, you know, you guys on, on TV and I was like, Oh wow. They throw it a different, a different way. Uh, Cause like I said, we were throwing the, the softball toss. They throw sure. it with this, this side spin. So I, I spent, you know, a month or two figuring out how to throw it like that. And I come back and start playing with the guys in the backyard, and they're looking at me like, "Okay, David has been on YouTube. He's got this brand new, he's got this right. brand new fancy toss, and he is kicking our asses." <laughs> and I was loving it, of course. But you know, cornhole is one of those things. Like you, you got to put in the work. You got to practice. There's strategy to it. Jeff, you and Trey, uh, and I've and I've, I think I've heard you, Bernie, on the live stream. Uh, a few times commentating, yep. um, but you guys do a great job of breaking down uh, a strategy and, and for, for us, you know, uh, civilians out there. Especially uh, Trey. Trey is, uh, Trey. by the way, speaking yeah. of that, I know that you're, uh, you have an electrical engineering degree from UC San Diego. That's right. I got it. Uh, let's see, right here, right here in the background. Right Trey right. Ryder is a chemical engineer from Clemson. Okay. So right what, what is it about that type of background? Because obviously you have to be able to sweat the details, if you know mm -hmm. what I mean, to become an engineer. Do you think that lends itself to cornhole at all? Or, yeah. or is it just one of those happenstances that just just is? I'm, I'm not sure I can answer you because while I, while I have the piece of paper, I never put it to use. <laughs> Uh, uh, but, uh, but I would say like, you know, engineering as an engineer, you're a problem solver. So yeah. you just, you, if something's not working, you just, the, the way my mind works, the way I think a lot of engineers minds work. All right. How do I solve this problem? That's, you know, you're, you're, you're constantly problem solving. And so it, sure with sports, you know, if you're not good at a certain, at a certain shot, or if you're not good at the game, okay, well, how do I get better? How do I figure this out? And that was kind of how it was when I started playing cornhole. Sure. It was like, all right, I suck. You know, <laughs> I'm throwing it all over the place. These guys are throwing it a different way. How do I, you know, how do I do that? You know, what are the steps I need to to, to do? And, and a lot of it comes from sports background as well. 
you yeah. know, you just gotta, you gotta put in the work with anything in life to get the results that you want. Same thing with, with acting, you know, acting, uh, people might first recognize me from, from SWAT, but they probably don't know that I've been acting for over a decade, right. you know, or, or pursuing it for, for over a decade. And that's just a lot of hard work and sacrifice, blood, sweat, and tears to, to, you know, get where, you know, get where you got to go. Well, and David, that's a good transition because, you know, one of the things we want to do on the show is kind of dive in a little bit more on the personal side of, you know, you know, kind of, kind of the, the player's stories, uh, your story, uh, any, any, you know, athletes who are now playing uh, the sport of cornhole, their stories, because we all kind of have to overcome different challenges and we all have a different story. Right. And I think that I heard in one of the interviews that you did that with SWAT, I mean, I think you were only signed up to do what, maybe four or five episodes. And now all of a sudden it's turned into what a four or five year gig for you. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I would love to hear that story and how this, how this, you know, went from you having this chemical engineering degree, not using it. Um, what your parents thought of that. And then all of a sudden <laughs> just kind of taking a chance in Hollywood yeah. and all of a sudden now you're a regular on SWAT. That's yeah. That's a, that's a lot. That's a long story. I'm going to try to give you the short version of it. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, I got my, I got my degree in engineering. I, I, I realized after I graduated that it, that's not something I wanted to do. Um, I ended up uh, getting a job as a loan officer down in San Diego. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it. You know, I, I knew nothing about mortgages, but just coming from that sports background, you know, I thought, all right, well, I got to do what it takes to learn about this industry and, I, and I'll be successful at it. And that's what I did. I just, you know, I hustled. Uh, I learned everything there was to know about a mortgage and and a home loan. And for three years, I was a very successful loan officer. I enjoyed it. I, I was hustling. I was making good money. And uh, all of a sudden, one day, I wasn't quite feeling uh, challenged. Uh, and I said, you know what? I got to do something. I got to do something different. I'm tired of this hustle. Uh, I, of course I get into an even bigger hustle, which is the acting game. You know, I don't, I don't think it gets sure. tougher than that. <laughs> uh, and so I just, I decided that I wanted to pursue, uh, acting. Okay. I know nothing about it. It was all over again. I know nothing about acting. Like I got to figure this thing out. Okay. You got to get a headshot. You got to get an agent. You got to learn how to act. That's a, that's a big one. I knew nothing. I was always a shy kid. Uh, growing up. And so uh, ultimately, I moved up to LA, I quit my job, and uh, I, I got into an acting class. And that's where I really fell in love with, uh, with the craft of, uh, of acting, and said, Hey, you know, if I can do this for a living, this is what I want to do. Uh, and so I kind of just dropped everything and dedicated my, my life to, you know, becoming an actor, which was uh, a lot of time spent in class, a lot of a lot of failed auditions, uh, a lot of no's, um, mm. and I think it was about six, seven years, and I, I finally landed on a, uh, found myself getting a regular role on a television show, and that show was called uh, Quantico on ABC. Mm. Um, I, I picked up everything from Los Angeles. Uh, my wife, who was then, at that time, my girlfriend, came with me and uh, we went and shot this show in New York for uh, for a year. And then when that time uh, came to an end, uh, I was uh, still in New York, planning to move back to Los Angeles. And I said, you know, I'm going to stick around for a couple months and uh, audition for some pilots out here. And that's when SWAT came along. 
So SWAT comes along and you just see the names attached. It was Shamar Moore was set to star in it. Uh, Sean Ryan was executive producing uh, who did The Shield, if you guys are familiar yep. with that show. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Aaron Thomas uh, was attached. Uh, Justin Lin was set to direct. Uh, he did a lot of the Fast and the Furious movies, uh, Star Trek, H huge big time uh, names. And I was just, you know, had just come off this show and I was like, oh man, this is like a, a dream job if I can land a part on this. Uh, and so I, I auditioned, I actually auditioned for two other roles. Uh, than the one that I ultimately ended up getting. Uh, I auditioned for the role, if you guys are familiar familiar with the, sh the show, of Street. Yep. Um, so, I, so I read for wow. Street, and uh, they call me back in and say, hey, we want you to read this role for uh, this character, Mumford, which was written in his 50s. And I'm like, man, that's my... <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple white hairs, but I don't know if I can pull, pull that one off. But as an actor, you know, you whatever material is in front of you, you know, I've always learned you just you do your best with that material. Sure. Uh, you don't look into it too much. And when you get in that audition room, you just you, you bring the best version of yourself and you do your best work in in that room. Uh, and so that's what I did. I just I just took that material that was definitely not, it was a white guy in his fifties. David, I, David, David, look here. This is, this is, yeah. this is who that was supposed to be right here. You would have been, been a great Mumford, Bernie. You would have crushed that role. Uh, that's a great new nickname, Mumford. Yeah. I knew there was a reason I had my pen. Ultimately it, it was Mumford. played by uh, an actor, Peter Onorati, who actually lives like a mile down the road from me, been in a ton of stuff such a sweet guy hell of an actor i was like yeah that's that's a mumford that's mumford it's not it's not this so for the day i moved back to la um i, I went in for a callback with all the producers uh and, and i was reading this role of of mumford and uh i did i did a pretty good job I, I felt happy and and i left that room i was like but i left the room i'm like there's no way in hell I'm getting I'm getting this thing. There was there was a scene that I was reading, and uh, I, I say, Hondo, I got 20 years on you in SWAT, <laughs> and I'm this you know 30 year old kid, yeah. and I'm like these guys must be like laughing at me inside, but you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna do it because they asked me to do it. Uh, my man, are you? You're like you're like 38, right? But you're are you like I'm 38. Like 30? I'm 38, 38 so I'm, now. Yeah, 38. Uh, <laughs> so at the time, I I must have been about 33, right? Because we're in our fifth season. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm I was 33, but I'm I'm Asian, so I looked about 23. You know, so <laughs> so anyway, my my manager calls me an hour after uh, this audition, and he says. Hey, it's not going to happen on SWAT. Uh, you are a nice thought, but they're going to go in a different direction. And I'm like, oh yeah, you mean the direction as the character was was written for, you know, in his in his fifties. I'm like, hey, I understand. That's that's the acting uh, game. You you hear a no, it's a bummer, but you move on to uh, move on to the next thing. And I was already off, uh, you know, working on the next uh, audition, trying to find a job uh, on another show. And uh, a week later, um, I get a call, and my my manager says, "Hey, they want to they want to book you on SWAT. They want you uh, for this role of of Tan." 
wow. a Victor fan, and I and I go, wait a second, I, I read that pilot three times. There's no Victor. There's no Tan role. What what, what is this? And so I had come to to find out that they uh, added, uh, created a little role for me on the squad uh, to come in, and and it was and like you said, Jeff, it was originally supposed to be about five episodes. Uh, and Jeez. as soon as we shot the the pilot, uh, I remember Sean Ryan coming up to me one of the first days that we found out that we got picked up and we went to series uh, and we're filming in Beverly Hills. And he comes up to me and says, hey, David, loved your work on the pilot. Uh, as soon as we get an opportunity, we want to make your series regular on the show. Wow. Uh, and so at the time, that was my uh, first time being a series regular on, on a network show. Huge, huge deal for me so you know i have a lot of luck involved um you know you have to you have to definitely be prepared for the luck and i think i was prepared for the luck because i had put in a lot of work over the years to to get ready for for an opportunity like this um and, yeah. and since then you know five episodes turned into turned in five seasons That's awesome. uh, and here we are now you know it's it's uh it's a great gig you know we're we're on a show where we can tell stories that that reach people all over the world. Um, and, and one of the reasons I got into this business was uh, uh, because there was kind of a lack of uh, Asian representation in, in, in mainstream media and television in on, on commercials and movies. Um, and, and I wanted to selfishly, I was like, you know what, I, I want to try to change that uh, and, and try to change this narrative of, uh, of what we think an Asian American right. dude uh, is because the, the, those stereotypes were not good. I grew up living with, you know, living with a lot of those stereotypes and it wasn't easy. Um, sure. And so the fact that I get to kind of bring this character to life on SWAT and we get to tell some really cool uh, stories and, and uh, just give, uh, you know, uh, have an action hero, an Asian American kind of action hero to bring to the screen. So it's, man, it's been, it's been a fun, Fun ride, and it's uh, it's such an honor. I always. Uh... Oh, David, you still there? There he is. You still there? There so we got go. You guys there? Yeah, yeah, we still got yeah. you. So, so to bring it back to, uh, the, I mean, the, just a powerful okay. story and, and great story of perseverance and and just, mm -hmm. you know, being able to believe in yourself. So to kind of bring it back to cornhole a little bit, and, and to bring it back to sports. So much of sports, whether it's baseball, football, cornhole, is about failure. So. How do you deal? And this is something we kind of want to talk about. How how did did you deal with the failure of being told no? Because right. I know I know in my profession you hear it all the time. You right. guys probably even hear it more than we do. And then, and then on the flip side, David, like is it is it also equally stressful to deal with the success as it is to deal with the failure? I tell you, the successes are a lot easier to deal with than the. Yeah. <laughs> Because everything is great right now, you know. I'm yeah. on a show. I'm I'm proud to be on. I, I love going to work every day. But like like I'm sorry to interrupt. But like our players right. tell me all the time, you know, when when they get to that pinnacle, like a Corey Henderson, you know, a Jamie Graham, mm -hmm. who we've seen. Mm -hmm. Once you get to number one, David, hard it's to stay tough. There. It's tough for them to stay there, and and yeah. and I think it's hard for them to deal with that sometimes, like dealing with that success and the pressure that comes with that. Uh, absolutely, and and probably. Even it's great to achieve the success. You work hard and, and, and you get it. But once you get there, uh, you know, you got a target on your back. 
Yeah. Um, as I'm sure, you know, now Trey Birchfield, you know, Jamie Graham, when he won the world championships a year ago, Cody Henderson, I think it was a, a, a maybe a few years before that. I was at the time I wasn't that time I wasn't following the sport, but now I am. Um, and so it, it's a similar thing, I think, with acting as well. You work so hard, you work to, to get a spot, to get in the system, you know, to get a, a job, let's say, as a, as a regular on a on a hit television show. Now, once you get there, you got to work twice as hard to keep that spot. Because yep. uh, uh, one, now, now you have to deliver. You know, you got the opportunity, great, huge success. But now you got to deliver and you got to perform and you got to do it every single day. You know, uh, we cannot take a day off. You know, you're, you're in there, you got to be prepared, you got to be professional. You gotta know your know the scene, know your lines, and you have to deliver. Um, because if you don't, there's there's thousands, you know, millions of other people out there who want that spot, you know, who will come in and are ready to deliver. And I imagine it's a similar thing with uh, in the sports world and and cornhole. You got now you got a ton of guys gunning for you. So now you're you're number one. Now you 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 all the pressure's on you, right? You got to deliver. Yeah. To piggyback on what you're saying, David, if you look at our professionals and one of the things we're mm -hmm. trying to get them to learn more about is being professional. Right. I'm, I'm sure in Hollywood, I don't think people on our side of the world really understand. You probably had acting classes. You were probably, uh, um, you know, do, doing things with the same group of people for a really long time. You get a real job. You get you become a working actor, quote unquote. Right. Like you said, that puts a target on you from a lot of those people that you probably maybe hung out with 10 years ago or, or what have you, when you first got mm -hmm. to Hollywood and you kind of have to make sure you don't have missteps along the way, because once you do, it's easy for people to bring you down. And one of the things that we're trying to do with our professionals is, Hey, have some fun, enjoy your life, but don't put that in public. <laughs> so, yeah. so much, you <laughs> so much, you know what I mean? Like right. enjoy yourself, but everyone doesn't need to see you do that if that makes any sense. And I was wondering if you guys have the same type of type of thing from the studio, like, Hey guys, have all the fun you want, but don't let everybody see it all the time. Yeah. I think, I think you just have to realize, uh, you know, when, if you're on a television show or if you're a, a sports figure who's uh, on TV and, uh, and a lot of people are watching you uh, or, or uh, Jeff, you know, you're a broadcaster, you're a television personality, uh, as well. Um, so there are people out there who look up to you. Um, there are people out there who are uh, relying on you to, to, you know, deliver at, at, you know, your position at your, your job. Um, and so for me, it's just, you know, now I'm in the, the public eye, even my wife, uh, is in the, in the public eye a bit as well. Um, and so you definitely have to, you have to be aware. Uh, I, I think that what you do, uh, it, 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 you know, can, it's going to be seen. Or, you're in a fishbowl. Yeah. 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 It, it, you just have to be aware that you're in the public eye and you have to accept that, uh, and, and, and conduct yourself. accordingly. Uh, <laughs> there are some, some things, some things you just you know, you keep in the house and, and other things, uh, uh, sure. That's great. You can film it, put it on social media. And, and do all that stuff, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know. But I, I've, I've also learned a lot from, uh, you know, Shamar and I. Like you said, we're we're good buddies, uh, and I've had the the privilege of of 
you know, working with him for the last five years. And, and he's been in the public eye for 25 years. You know, uh, uh, we went to a Super Bowl a couple a couple of years ago. He couldn't he couldn't walk 10 feet without being yeah. stopped and, and you know, uh, asked for a photo or just, you know, mostly it was girls knees buckling. You know, in, in front of it, it's so much like that for me now, too, Dan. Yeah, I know Bernie. I know you can relate. I, you know, so. <laughs> but, I don't you know, know Bernie, Bernie, when you, Bernie, when you start dancing, there's definitely some eyeballs on you. You got some well, moves. My I'm knees buckle. Yeah. I'll say that. <laughs> so, well, hey, you know, David. You learn from these guys. No. Yeah. Hey, David, unfortunately, we we, uh, I mean, we could talk to you for a long time. We've only got Absolutely. a couple minutes left. So to wrap things up, uh, you know, as you guys are watching on TV, I know I know you guys are huge fans of Trey, too. But yeah, um, with the players, like who are mm -hmm. some who are some I, I know you've had a chance. Obviously, you mentioned Trey Birchfield, mm -hmm. uh, Noah Wooten. I know you've had a chance to meet and play with. I mean, who, who are like two or three of the of the of the players that you guys like to watch the most? Uh, I, I got to go with Trey. Uh, I just love his game. Uh, I love his demeanor. Um, uh, and, and he's obviously talented. He was born to, to do this. Um, so like in the upcoming season, definitely Trey, he's ranked number one, but again, all eyes are going to be on him. He's going to have the pressure on him, the bullseye on his back. So he's got to deliver. Uh, I've, I've met and I've actually played with some of these guys more like got, got my ass kicked by these guys, but it was, <laughs> man, it was, it was an honor to get my ass kicked. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, love Tony Smith's game. Um, yeah. probably best, best roll bag in the game. Um, I, I think he's going to have a good season. Uh, and I love Ryan. I love Ryan Windsor. Um, I've gotten the chance to, to spend some time with him, toss some bags, talk to him. Uh, and I just love his game uh, I, because I, I feel like he treats this like like this is like NBA basketball. Like I'm putting in hours, and if I don't put in the hours in this game, somebody else is. And, and when I when I meet that guy, he's gonna beat me. Um, so I love I love Ryan's game. I think he's gonna have a huge season. Uh, I, I'm super interested to see what Bella does this season. I met. And, and you know, obviously, I'm biased because I've met and I have relationships with with these players. Um, but she's just a superstar, and and at 14 years old to be that talented. I mean, that game, that game with her and Tony Smith. Yep. I mean that that like you know you got chills watching that game. So um, so it, I'll be curious to see what she does in this in this upcoming season too. Um, and the, who I love Noah Noah Wooten. Yep. He's, a, he's always a fun player to watch. Um, so I, man, I just think there's so many young, talented players, and uh, it, it's nice to kind of see their personalities uh, as well because because they're kids, they're kids, but they're, yeah. they're they're I really think they're superstars in the making. Well, David, hey, thank you so much for your time. Seriously, it was it was great to talk to you and get a chance to know you, and uh, what a great way to start the show and. Again, just a great illustration of how big the sport's becoming. You and I were talking earlier. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see. Congratulations on this great podcast. An honor. I can't believe you guys asked me this. <laughs> that was, that was yeah. so cool. I, I'm sure I this is guys This is the zenith day. so far of, of your, of your uh, celebrity life, right? Right. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> hey, hey, I get I get more free stuff from playing cornhole than than I do uh, being a, a you know one of the stars on SWAT. So I'm like, you really know. right? But yeah, thank you guys so much for for having me on. Absolute pleasure, and best of luck with everything. Awesome.
All right, brother. Thanks again. Thank I so appreciate much. it. All right. Take care. All right. Great to have David on. That wow. Awesome. What a great way to start the show, David, right? Like that's how it should be. And unfortunately we had to go, right? We could have talked to David, what, an hour or two more probably. I know. I mean, I want to know more about what it's like to, you know, and I think there's so many actors like that, that we don't hear about. And I don't think if you're really familiar with that world, like a lot of us are not, he's been grinding, yes. grinding audition after audition. And I can't imagine a more, almost dehumanizing aspect of that business than auditioning, right? You've got to go right. in front of these people and have them dress you down like you're some sort of mechanical piece that they want to fit into a puzzle, right? Yeah. And that I like I could I don't and think it's so hard, I know right? I know for a fact my personality couldn't handle that. There's no It's way. so hard because they're looking for such a specific person. Exactly. In, in such a specific type. And and that and that's one of the reasons that, that, that I love David's story too, is how he's overcome a lot of that. Yeah. Breaking through some of these stereotypes, and breaking through some of these, you know, stereotypical this is what we're looking for, and still been able to to have a great career. So hey, yeah, we are out of town, brother. So we gotta wow. get out of here. But uh, yeah, thanks so much, everyone, for watching. Thanks to David uh, Lim for joining us here today and join us next week as we finally get this thing rolling. All right, Bernie. Have an awesome week, my man. All right, brother. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye.